Welcome back, dear listeners, and Alex Fitzpatrick's mom, to the Future Will Not Be podcast, an unscripted, unedited conversation about the idea of future shock, the concept that technology is accelerating so quickly, more quickly than it ever has in any generation, that our minds, our laws, our societies are really struggling to keep up. Uh, And that's happening today. And what does that mean for tomorrow, for 10 years, 15, 20 years down the line for our kids and our grandkids? It is hosted by three guys who have covered technology, who have been paying attention pretty closely to this phenomenon for about a decade. Uh, in order of lifetime mini golf scores, hmm. I I'm gonna introduce myself first because I'm I'm really good at mini golf. Uh, my name is Matt Silverman. Um, second in that scoring, Alex Fitzpatrick. I would contest that maybe I should be first. Really? Yeah, Whoa. we should settle this on the court rink. Okay. Maybe uh, that, I don't know. You what can't you, even course. name the course. field on yeah, which mini a, golf is played, and I, that, therefore, contention. yeah, yeah. Uh, and we are also joined by Evan Engel, who, who is fine at mini golf, but but not does not hold a candle to to you and I. If it's uh, yes, correct, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Today, you knew that. We've we've never played mini golf together. This I know. is not like something that we've done. <laughs> See, all mini golf records are are public records and are foyable. <laughs> yes. Little correct. did you know. Good. What a reveal that's gonna be! <laughs> like, what a reveal when you like go on to like like Huffington Post one day and they're like, "Here's here's thirty years of America's mini golf records that we just like found in a basement somewhere." Hashtag data journalism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of data journalism, today's topic is about the media adjacent to the media and we have covered the media in our first episode it was the entry point for a lot of this conversation and in that first conversation we focused on this idea that headlines can be sensationalized and websites and facebook pages can crop up and spread misinformation at a pretty mind-boggling scale and we've obviously seen the ramifications of that in recent uh, months and years, elections being uh, nudged in one direction or another, misinformation and quote unquote fake news spreading uh, like wildfire, and and this idea of digital literacy and what we need to do, or perhaps what is impossible to achieve in a world uh, where information moves so quickly that digital literacy is is perhaps impossible, and that's very troubling and scary. We're gonna add some more poker chips into this pile because if you thought uh, sensational Facebook headlines were crazy and and messed up, we're going to up the ante and we're going to talk about this concept of deep fakes. Uh, that is audio or visual information or video information that has been spoofed uh, through AI, through very clever editing. I guess for anyone who's not familiar with this, imagine a photoshopped picture. Uh, and we've all seen the wizardry of really good photoshopping, things that look real, that look like real photographs, but are actually fake or um, you know airbrushed or copy-pasted. And that's one thing for a photograph, but imagine a video clip of the president saying something and it looks and sounds exactly like the president but it's completely manufactured by technology and and 
we've seen this and it's kind of scary when you really look at what is going on today but it's kind some of it's kind of janky and if you look really close you can kind of sniff it out but like five or ten years from now i'm worried we're going to be living in a world where all media uh, 3d video audio anything you see or could consume is just 100 percent on the table as like is this real is this questionable? Can we trust anything from any source? And and I'm going to say something controversial to kick off the show. I think this all started with Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, because that movie looked like real life. So I am going to admit my total ignorance to most things Final Fantasy. <laughs> It's just not a series I ever really got into, but I assume this is some kind of like CGI, but but realistic CGI movie. Yeah, they yeah, made? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. it, it has nothing to do with the game series. I don't even know why it's called Final Fantasy, but it was like a moment in cinema history. I should look back at the year, early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, and it was like a giant leap forward in CGI. Um and I think by today's standards, it's, it's looks pretty plasticky, but at the time, it was a big deal. I'm joking, of course. Um, it's a silly reference to a silly movie. We can do amazing things in Hollywood, and now uh, Joe User can create the same type of um, movie magic on their home computer and maybe in apps. And what does that mean for digital literacy going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, on one hand, um, I would like to think, you know, you made the allegation or the um, connection to photoshopped images. And so on one hand, you know, I'd like to think that most of us are pretty good about, uh, if not immediately identifying when something's been photoshopped, then at least being skeptical of things that might be. But then again, like every time there's a hurricane, you see that picture, yeah. that stupid picture, that shark down a highway, like uh -huh. being shared around like, oh, my God, look at the shark on a highway. And it's the fakest thing on planet Earth <laughs> and everybody thinks it's real and they're retweeting it. So so maybe our, you know, I, I should be more skeptical of our like digital literacy when it comes to, to faked images. Um, but the concern with uh, deep fakes with videos that look like they're real is that number one, people have not gotten used to this idea yet that video can be faked the way that photos are. And number two is that some of this footage is so convincing yeah. that it could present even a national security concern. I mean, imagine, uh, you know, a, a video of, you know, Trump declaring war on North Korea being somehow transmitted to North Korea. And, you know, they'll maybe they don't know that it's faked or whatever. Um, and it's it could be a real, a real problem. Yep. My thinking is is probably along those lines as well, uh, but with a caveat and and. I think certainly, you know, the the things that Fitz mentions are, are real concerns. And I think for the, for probably the first generation after deepfakes, uh, there there are some real dangers there. But, you know, I, I think that the problems with deepfakes probably predate it. You know, they, they run they run in they're in the DNA of the fake news problem that we have uh, currently. And, and even before that, uh, I, I don't if we can make it through the generation the first generation after deepfakes, if we can avoid that sort of that sort of you know launch button issue, uh, then I I think the then I think we'll we'll be probably in in just a similar situation as to what we are now. We'll have, we'll have lost something in video. We'll have lost something in video that the, right now video is is sort of the the great corroborator, right? It's it's we we sort of is seeing in video inherently some sort of truth, although that's even that's debatable. But uh, 
but we'll we'll lose something but i think uh, it's kind of something that we we've either lost already or maybe never really had uh and and the real danger is probably just in that first 20 years when when you have that sort of that sort of trump problem i mean evan you're you're a video guy by trade um what is it about video uh that goes beyond still images in terms of you know, making people feel more confident something is real, even though like sort of as you alluded to, uh, you look at like, you know, footage from a cop's body cam and yeah. one group of people is going to see something and another group is going to see something very different. Yeah. Uh, you know, in general, I think, I mean, I think the barrier to manipulating video has been much higher historically than than manipulating a photograph. And maybe maybe that's it. Or, or maybe there's just our own predilection for moving images played into it, too. Uh, but but. In general, I, I I think you're you're right there. I mean, the it, we can go back. You know, if if we want to go back even beyond Final Fantasy, uh, the, <laughs> well, the, I, I don't know what is what, what's there before that. I mean, uh, uh, nothing almost, nothing worthwhile. That's for sure. That's <laughs> hey, amen, amen. But uh, no, you take a look at at something like the Rodney King video, right? And the Rodney King video is is one of these things that that objectively uh, shows shows you know the, a, a pretty violent act towards a guy, and yet in in trial where it was dissected frame by frame uh, by by attorneys and 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 they they were able to to take it apart and and put a narrative around it that uh, that a jury found compelling, right? And and this video that to us looks like. Uh, pretty clearly depicts one event. Uh, a jury said no, it doesn't depict that, and and you know those those officers were acquitted. And certainly, we've had a lot of examples in recent history that that sort of fell along those lines too. Uh, so so the idea that that video is is this is this you know stated truth. It, it always shows the stated truth, and 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 we're about to lose that. Uh, it, it would be it would almost be nice if that were true, but I I don't know the video. It, I don't know that we have had that consensus, really. You're, you're making a simultaneously optimistic and reassuring point, which I genuinely appreciate. And I did not think of it in those terms. <laughs> but simultaneously, it's also a very dark thing of yeah. like, there is no way to prove or show anything because... We know that eyewitness testimony is usually garbage, um, and and then outside of the criminal justice world, we know that people consuming media is mostly garbage because people can't parse information very well. We're we're humans, and we're bad at that. And now we're also saying that video footage of an event is also, you know, the, the, that 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 one thing that we thought was not infallible but it's like you point a camera at something that happened and then you capture a moving image of that happening and then therefore it happened now that's out the window um is <laughs> is anything real go <laughs> well yeah i mean i think like the, the 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 situation with video in terms of like a breaking news event is that it's the all that is that context is king right um, if you just have video that shows a snippet of something, you don't have enough information to really draw a conclusive narrative for what this thing definitively shows beyond a shadow of a doubt, mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, cop body camera footage comes in and so on and so forth. Is that like maybe sometimes it doesn't show the whole event or because you're seeing it from the police officer's point of view and not from the suspect or victim's point of view, you're getting just one point of view. Right. So that's that that probably skews juries as well. Um you know, I think it would be different if 
we had the full context around all this video. Um, but I think like when it comes to deep fakes, the thing that I worry most about isn't the kind of video like a, you know, a shooting or whatever um, that is sort of like citizen captured bystander video or whatever. I, I'm more concerned with, um, you know, faked announcements um, yeah. that's either aimed to disrupt uh, nation states or move markets. Like, do you imagine, you know, faking a video of the CEO of Boeing saying like, oh, we're, you know, buying Airbus or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, before you, because the whole market's algorithmic now, you know, you might see some action in that stock in a way that somebody could profit from that movement really quickly before people realize like, wait, that was faked and not a real thing. Right. Yep. Uh, and not to mention the, um, the idea of identity theft and, you know, deep fakes came to prominence, uh, I, I, at least as I became aware of them, in the, as they were reported on in this notion of like, hey, we could put a celebrity's face onto this porn actor and then, you know, create a fantasy of like this popular actress uh, doing porn and it you know, apparently looks very convincing. So this idea that you could take anyone's face and put it on anyone else's body and make them do or say anything uh, without their consent um, could move markets, as you said, or just completely infringe on their like, I don't know what you'd call it, personality rights or or physical body rights, like their ability to uh, not appear, you know, uh, don't don't put my face into someone else's uh, situation that I did not consent to. That's um, that could affect every, anyone. It could it could affect a celebrity or it could affect you know your kid or your next door neighbor. Um, that's very uh, dark and troubling as well. It it is and and you know I think there has been talk about legally approaching that issue the same way that that you know we've passed a lot of revenge porn laws I think in the last five years. And and legally using using some of those same tools to approach that issue because it does seem a little bit related and in some ways somebody is distributing uh, uh, content that is reportedly of you right without your consent mm-hmm. uh, and yet you know I think about it and people have been photoshopping celebrities heads onto onto bodies uh, right, for for a long time and and so I I certainly this does feel different that it's it's, it's technologically a, a more advanced version of that and, and a more convincing version. But, uh, but you and I don't, you know, we, we don't, when, when we see an obvious Photoshop job uh, of a celebrity, we we're not convinced, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I wonder if, if I, uh, you know, I, I think that, that it's going to be a dangerous period, right? Right. When this technology is new, but I, I wonder if in 20 years time, if videos will be, will be met with the same sort of skepticism, the, of when we see a, a photo of a celebrity that we think is is obviously fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder the like the the issue that Matt brought up is like less about convincing people that this video, like salacious video of an actor or actress, is real, and more about like you know profiting off the sort of like for the people who make them profiting off of the illusion that the thing is real, and everybody knows it's fake, but it's like the sort of fantasy of it, right? And but at the same time, like that infringes upon. Like as Matt said, like your sort of rights to your own image. Uh, but but my question then is, will it still be profitable if people if it's no longer if people aren't convinced anymore? Right. Like I don't know that there is a market for photoshops of celebrities right now. Right there there does seem to be a market for deep fakes. That but uh but I don't know if anybody's right. Like I I yeah. But, but even if there's a market or not, it's that that they 
the photoshops exist i assume and um we don't seem to have like i guess we could all say that's a problem and it's it's bad news but no one is like worried about that or up in arms about that and we will eventually come to that same point with uh video fakes of like yeah they're out there and that's the internet but what are you gonna do and and that's an i mean that's an optimistic view i was so disturbed by this notion of video deep fakes and now when you remind me that like oh yeah the photoshop has been around for 20 years i'm suddenly like oh Okay, I guess it's all fine. I, that's I don't know. I feel much better about it. It's interesting. Well, then let me. Let I don't me. know. I think I'm still like, I I just think that like people still suck really badly at identifying photoshops, except in the most obvious yeah cases, right? So like, and then and then people just still have this for whatever reason have a more inherent trust in video, uh, probably because it just seems harder to fake, right? It is. Um, it's much harder. Yeah, totally. Um, but photo, but photos were really hard too. We'll go back. Let's go back to the shark in the street. Yeah, yeah. Um, happens every time, and dare I say, millions of people are fooled every time. Yes. Um, yeah. So we're not better at uh, detecting fake photoshops. We're just not. You, you, the three of us are pretty good at it because we work in this world, but most people are not. So um, happens every time. And we all roll our eyes and get angry and then go about our life. So is it so bad? Why is it bad? Or why is it not? So I guess, you know, in America, I don't know that, we, that we've seen an example where, where anyone has been spurred to violence or spurred to obvious violence by, by sort of faked uh, news. Uh, but I think, you know, I guess if you wanted to point to, to Myanmar and, and what's going on with the Rohingyas there, uh, I think there are some examples where, where media that, that had no basis in reality has actually, you know, brought about physical violence. And I guess we could imagine, you know, what if we had the ability to fake, you remember after the Boston Marathon bombing, uh, mm-hmm. there was wild speculation on Reddit. You know, Reddit was pouring over photos from that day, trying to see if somehow they could they could find some sort of uh, forensic clues within the photos, uh, which was kind of a laughable effort. But imagine if somebody was actively complicating that effort by by photoshopping a face of of their rival into that footage and then distributing that mm-hmm. on Reddit and saying, "Hey, this guy looks suspicious." I, mm-hmm. I so there there are I think possibilities there where where we could envision. Uh, yeah, that that fake video could could lead to these sorts of things, but but it, I I don't know. I think there's we also have the ability right now. There are there are, there is an online tool that can help you detect a Photoshop fake. Right, you you drop the photo in there and it, and it will tell you it will analyze it and and, and tell you if if there's something that looks suspicious. Uh, as as our tools to to manipulate media uh, evolve, so so will our tools to to evaluate media. So we're all, so we're mm-hmm. will our tools to to uh, you know, decode it. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly at a social level, that yeah, that that hasn't we haven't developed that as a social skill yet, and I and I and I am alarmed by that. Well, that, but okay, so uh, I agree with that, and I I like that optimistic view. And and here's a question: so we have been manipulating photo uh, photographs for a lo- good long time, and the the I think what you just said is perfect. The Reddit analogy, the Boston bombing analogy. Um, it would be fairly easy for someone to do that in a variety of newsworthy or historical contexts, right? Like it's, yeah. 
that that scenario you just posed seems very likely but it's never happened to uh, my knowledge and so well i guess what i'm getting at is like we get fooled by the stupid shark and the stupid little meme thing the like oh my god can you believe this fake image happens all the time every day but when it when situations are really um have stakes we've never seen someone malicious maliciously fake an image to my knowledge i can't remember a story so i guess i'm wondering why hasn't that happened it seems like humans are really bad uh or that they would do something like that and that lots of people would fall for it and yet it has never happened why i can't think of an example of that either but there's have been stuff that sort of um you know nudges to that like there was this famous example of iran sent out this uh like from their state media sent out this image of a missile launch or something like that but uh, it was like five or six missiles launching at the same time or maybe it was like a missile defense shield or something in action Uh, but then it turned out that it was like one launch just photoshop copied like Mm -hmm. five or six times to make it look more impressive right Mm -hmm. which isn't quite you know the same thing but it it certainly sort of it's getting closer yeah yeah totally um I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I can see somebody trying that and somebody doing that. Um, I think I'm pretty pessimistic about you know if somebody. Uh, I've seen some pr- people do some pretty messed up things, so I feel like you know it, it's not beyond people's sort of ability to um, you know falsify photo or video in a way that uh, complicates people's lives. I, it's almost like a sort of um, you know swatting where you know you call up somebody, you call up and say there's you know, person like a hostage situation at a house and SWAT team shows up and we've seen people killed that way. Right. Because yeah. the cops show up and yeah. think like there's a shooter in there and you know, they're ready to, ready to go. And it's a terrible situation. And like, if people are doing that to each other, then I, I totally can see uh, people using fake video and photo to uh, do other people harm. And that's that swatting feels to me like pranking gone wrong uh, unless you see it otherwise. And that's, and I that's do. one I think category. It, I think it, yeah, I mean, I think in, mo- in most cases it is. Um, it's like a really dumb prank that people don't realize the danger of. Mm-hmm. But I also do think that, like, we've gotten to a point where the danger of it should be well known, and yet it's still happening. Sure, so people who sure. are doing it are being maliciously ignorant of the possibility of death. Yes, and that is that is definitely one category. And then I guess I'm looking to a second category, and I don't know why I keep coming to like criminal justice law enforcement, but it feels like there's so much at stake where um, something goes, there's a piece of evidence, a, f- a piece of photographic or audiovisual evidence, and someone's life or job or whatever is at stake. I don't want to go to like the bad cop analogy, but just for argument's sake, it's like somebody on the job messed up and they'll either, if, if this evidence goes to trial, it will, they will be in bad trouble or go to jail. But if they manipulate that photo and then before it goes to evidence or whatever, they could get away with it. And now your average police officer doesn't know photoshop i imagine but if the tools were in an app that were so simple anyone could use it then that doctored it wouldn't be too hard to imagine that that a photo could be doctored to like save your own butt you know in a in a dire situation like that and, and maybe it maybe it has been happening um and it's just not reported on or known i don't know but then i assume a criminal justice system would analyze that photo and make sure it was not doctored. Hopefully. I don't know. I, yeah, you know, that one, I, 
I think it, that either has been happening or, or, you know, the, the other thing there is, is I, I, you'd be hard pressed nowadays to find an instance where the cop is the only one with a camera. Uh, yep. so, so then you'll get, you know, this possibility of dueling truths where, where you have footage that is, that is, you know, that, that shows two different things. And I think then you'll have to reconcile it through, uh, through whatever means we have to reconcile those sorts of things, whether it's a criminal justice process or, or, or something else. But, I, and in a comforting way, it brings us back to the, um, sort of, I saw something, you saw something. We are both fairly unreliable witnesses and a jury needs to figure out which one is the best. And sometimes you, you make a bad choice, but that's, that's the sausage, I guess. A little bit. Historically, we've seen the juries, I think, tend to, tend to favor law enforcement in those situations. So that, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That could bring us back. But, but again, like, I, I think in some ways, what we're talking about here are extensions of problems that we already have in, in our laws mm -hmm. and, and, and in our things. The, if, if I can complicate this, uh, there's, there's something that I... Oh, please do. Okay. Please do. So here's, here's what I kind of worry about more with deep fakes. Uh, Right now, uh, if I want to Skype with somebody or WhatsApp with somebody uh, over a video call, I call them up and we, and we uh. right? And I, I worry about like, but right now, if I, if I email somebody and they send me a, a one word or a three word reply, I don't know if that was their, their email auto suggest or if that was them, right? If somebody says, great, thanks. Like that, that could easily be their, their email suggestion. So I, I wonder if you combine deep fakes with those sorts of canned replies, if there's a, a day when I could call up Fitz on, on like a WhatsApp video and I'm not really talking to Fitz, if I think I'm having a conversation with them and I'm having a conversation with a, with a deep fake Fitz answering machine. <laughs> I love that. This is this deep fits, deep, if you will. <laughs> deep fits. Like I don't want to talk to deep fits, and <laughs> and like I I wonder how like this this is the one that I worry about more because the other ones are problems that we already have and, and yeah yeah I See, love that you ended that in a in a way that I did not expect. I thought where you were going with that, where you were going with that, was a place of like you don't know a person like maybe you're a journalist working on a story we'll use this example because we're all terrible people and journalists um but like you know you, you whatsapp or call somebody for a story or facetime them or whatever um as a source and you don't know what they look like maybe yeah um and you know maybe it's somebody who's tricking you into thinking that you're talking to somebody who you're not talking to yeah uh and that's got it that's got applications and like not just for tricking journalists but also for like identity theft and whatnot sure. right like sure Imagine, you know, hey, FaceTime me, Mr. IRS agent, because your taxes are due or whatever. Yep. Uh, and then it looks like you're talking to some legit G-man, but it's actually, you know, yeah. uh, Russian hacker number two or whatever. Though that's simply, if we're talking, the journalism problem aside, and that's a niche problem for yeah, uh, idiots like us, but... Um, the whole like you could scam someone or hack someone or uh, take their identity like that's been happening over um, email and phone systems for forever and by mail too. So going back to Evan's original point, it just exacerbates problems we've always had. And if if the default form of communication becomes video chat, maybe maybe not, um, then it's the same old thing. What I think. The problem Evan poses is really fascinating to me because I don't think it's one of um, uh, fakery. I think it's one of etiquette. 
and 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 hear me out on that. I had this experience where I was communicating with someone, and then they replied to my uh, via email. Excuse me, uh, and they replied to my email, and it was a bot. Uh, do it like figuring out scheduling for our calendars, right? And it was like, oh, I could do these times or these times. And I eventually learned that it was a bot. And then I was like, whoa, that's really cool that a bot could like compare our calendars and then schedule a meeting. But what bothered me was that it wasn't the person saying, hey, I'm going to plug in my AI bot so we can do this quickly and I'll see you at the meeting. They just responded as if they were themselves and said, <laughs> hey, let's, how's Monday? And that struck me as very rude because I'm, I'm typing away here being like, oh, you know, hope everything's going great. Like Monday <laughs> should be good. Like making like not a ton of small talk, but doing human courtesies to a bot that wasted my time because I didn't need to do that. Um, and so... Stretching the analogy back to video chat, I think we're going to come to a place in our society where we're okay talking to each other's avatars, but I just need to know when it's you and when it's not you because it's rude to pre to pretend it's you when it's not. But I will probably be okay if I just know which one it is. And And this is where it's obvious to me that you've never been on a dating app. Correct. because the way the way that people <laughs> act on dating apps is so rude that uh <laughs> that it is it is a hundred percent chance that like some brooklyn dude is like oh yeah no it's really me babe and <laughs> and meanwhile he's out on another date uh i but what i mean is just this that that the the problem of the deep fakes problem wherein we can't tell if an event really happened or not is one that is not new to us. That's, that's how life was before video and photography. And, mm -hmm. and that's, and our, and our legal system is rooted in that time. And, and we can regain some of that, it, it, not without difficulty, but we can regain some of that. But the problem of, I don't know if I'm actually speaking to someone unless they are in the room with me. That is a problem that we haven't, really had as a society since <laughs> right right as as long as we've been extending ourselves into into media into into telephones and elsewhere like we this this isn't really a problem there was a there was a joke that people used to do with their answering machine but that joke lasted 30 seconds that wasn't a real social thing right like, oh right okay yeah hello uh, hello Yes. Hello. Oh, hey, Matt. So, uh, what, what oh, we God, I used to fall for that every time. I'm the I, You just gave me such incredible like PTSD for that joke. So oh, imagine, no. imagine that as like a thirty minute conversation. Imagine that like at, at the end of the podcast. Now you find out that Matt and I are like watching Star Wars somewhere. This is this is not. See, I would mostly be offended by that because you didn't invite me to watch Star Wars, right? right? Yeah. You jerks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. It was wait, Phantom wait. Menace. I, I, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, call we're, me when the lightsaber duels here. We're getting at the the crux here, but I want to walk it back and make sure there are no holes in your argument because I okay. I really agree with you. I want to make sure I'm not falling into the trap. Is there something about letter writing or email or something some other form of media that or no, you you made you said something like we can't know it's true unless you're in the room. Yeah. Um. 
and and so with phones for 50 years it has been like i hear your voice and there's no technological way you could spoof your own voice nope. without me eventually catching on like you said 30 seconds into the conversation uh letter writing and email sure is people, very spoofable right sure sure and, and and has been manipulated people back in the day used to have to like stamp their letters with seals right and sure you yeah, know we yeah, see yeah. scams all the time where somebody emails you with something that looks like it came from your mom and it didn't right like yeah so so, so i'm trying i'm getting at like is the skype avatar ai just an extension of the same old like nigerian prince who used to send you email i i don't or no I don't think so because the, in the, the Nigerian Prince scam, you're right. That's one where it's a, a conversation and a back and forth. But nobody, to my knowledge, I'm, I, I don't think there's this issue where where you think you're having a conversation with somebody impersonating your contacts. I, I don't think that's maybe maybe that one exists to some degree over email. Or hey, I'm I'm, 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 in, I'm in Estonia and I lost my wallet. Can you wire me some funds? There's some back uh, right, and someone, forth. Some, some spoofing someone you know, and you think you're talking to someone you know. Yeah, but that's still not necessarily like a way of life. I'm talking about you know the the AI bots that currently read our email and and know our responses and our canned responses, extending that into into what what would be what would be a substitute for face to face communication, right? A, a Skype call is now. A, a substitute for it is now something else entirely. Now it's a it's, well take take out the take out the um, forget the, the the video call for a second. Imagine if the um, canned responses in text messages and g and, and email Gmail is is pretty good at this. Um, we're we're more complex and they will get more complex than yep. just like yep sounds good. Like imagine if you if both parties could carry on the entire conversation by just choosing the option. Like that is a near future, and yeah, it saves us time. But then it's just two bots talking back and forth. But then I don't know if both parties just yeah I, I, yeah it's hard because I feel guilty and rude when i use that feature because i feel like i'm tricking the person i'm communicating with right i see what you're saying but to some extent like if the bot or if the feature is good enough to sort of use the same slang and sort of vernacular that you would use anyway like what's the difference right it's a shortcut i feel compelled to not use those and uh, try to put my own voice into it, even if it's forced, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. And that's just I, I do old... think to some extent they're like the text form of emoji in that like we all use emoji or anyway, most of us use emoji. A lot of us use emoji as a shortcut. Like if I just, if, instead of saying okay to something, I'll just give a thumbs up emoji. Mm -hmm. And like everybody knows what that is and it's a shortcut and it's silly, but it's also like a thing I would do in real life. Yeah, where, yeah, like, but you know what it you is? You know what I mean? It's, I don't mind the shortcut. I love the shortcut. But yeah. you chose right. the, the emoji, whereas this AI is choosing for you or giving you three choices that I guess you eventually choose one of them. But we're, we're rapidly moving towards a future where the AI is just going to predict what you're going to say and do, and you're going to give it the authority to just answer for you because it's faster. That's the threshold that feels different. It's not about shortcutting. It's about um, choice, right? 
Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So then this isn't a deep fakes question, but then I have to ask, do we get to the point where it just shows up on my calendar one day? Like, oh, drinks with with Fitz and Matt at this bar at three o'clock. And I just go, oh, because it was it was AI has already determined that that was the best choice. And we are just accepting if all parties just accept that the AI is smarter than us and is going to make choices for us that are right. Then, yeah, that is the future. No, thank you. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> you just show. I, you just walk. Just wander. I don't even like it life. when, like, my coworker. You know how, like, in some offices, your coworkers can add stuff to your calendar. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I find that loathsome. <laughs> yeah, never do that to me. I, it's awful. Um, quick aside, um, because I love and hate the little autoresponders. Um, I was just texting through the day with my wife and at some point she texted me, I love you. And I got the three choices. One, two of them were emoji. The third one was me too. (laughs) (laughs) And I found it so fascinating that like, I know this technology, we're still in early stages, but even today when most of these little responders are pretty good the, the 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 phrase "I love you" did not generate a response, an option to say "I love you too." It wasn't even an option, and I was so fascinated by that. Of like, is that hardwired in? Of like, we don't want to like accidentally like cause some weird miscommunication with uh, uh, with friends or a new couple, so we're sure. not including "I love you too" as an option. Uh, or is it so stupid that it didn't understand what the phrase "I love you" means? And I couldn't decide which one it was. Computers famously can't understand love. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say, I'm a little. This is well. I'm a little disappointed that that a bot that knows you and knows your responses gets a message that says "I love you" and doesn't reply "I know." <laughs> that's I, i'm pretty my my options would just be like middle finger middle finger middle finger <laughs> and then i'm wondering like am i such a jerk that like algorithmically it's not suggesting i love you too because i don't say that enough over text like is that oh, the yeah. problem you know yeah. all this stuff that's heavy. Well, you, should yeah. ne- you should never put it in writing from from a legal perspective. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> your legal that's, counsel. Yeah, don't uh, say it all you want. They can't prove it. <laughs> written, written uh, or yeah. uh, vocal. Yeah. The, the voice isn't uh, isn't contractually yeah. obligation obligating <laughs> least, in, in least, the state of New York. At least say it, write it if you want, but just avoid the phrase "I owe you everything" because that's <laughs> that just gets yes, you're yeah. right. It's very complicated. Uh, oh boy. Uh, I'm so glad you brought up this sort of etiquette, per- interpersonal communication yeah. version of the deepfake discussion because we so quickly go to media and um, criminal yeah. justice. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, yeah. I mean, just imagine how this changes like Mother's Day. Right when you're <laughs> like, like, like mom's on. Don't forget to bot your yeah, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like ah, it, this is already happening. It's it's the Facebook Happy Birthday messages. Yep. It's the yeah. no one is actually taking time to wish you Happy Birthday. It's just a it's just a box you tick. Yep, which is why I never wished people Happy Birthday when I was on Facebook. Would not do it. Yeah, it was it was yeah. patently false. But but yeah, I don't I don't know. So 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 then am I wrong? Is this is this still just another extension? It's, something about this seems seems worldly different to me. That that 
you get a you get a call from your kid and you, and you open it up and your kid says, "Hey dad, happy Father's Day. I love you." And you go, oh, "Thanks. I love you too." And then you hang up and you go, "I wonder where she is." Like <laughs> I, I wonder <laughs> what, what is that? she's doing. I mean, today. I guess like <laughs> that to me feels just like a Father's Day card though, right? Uh-huh. Like it's the same uh-huh. premise of like you get it in the mail. It's like, "Oh, hey, happy Father's Day. I hope all's well." blah 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 blah. Um, but there's no like interaction with it. It's just like a nice little missive. Yeah, and it was a pre-written message by uh, a, a, a greeting card company. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I mean that's this okay. It's it, the, to me it it's the same old thing, and it comes down to etiquette. So you could write your parent a heartfelt note with your own words and writing, or you could just grab a card from Hallmark and say Happy Father's Day. Bye. And the difference between those two is is effort and etiquette and meaning. Uh, and so we're back where we started, I think, in the same way that you could call up, you could use a bot to say happy birthday sure. or you could have a conversation and say happy birthday. Uh, are they different? And I'm leaning towards no. Yeah. So then are, are we at the point where deep fakes are, are on their face alarming, but but when we scratch deeper, they're... they're just more of these same problems we have around around literacy and around uh, uh, intimacy or, or any of these things? Is, is this all just more of the same? Perhaps, yes. I do think that the scary bits of it are more scary than like regular Photoshop, if only because like, and, and we, we alluded to this earlier, but like we're going to be in this transitionary period where people will not know yeah. to scrutinize video in the way that they should. And like, that's the danger zone, right? Yeah. Um, and there's going to be people fooled by stuff and that's how you learn, right? Like, uh, that's how people learn to be skeptical of photos, even though they're not as skeptical as they should be. But like you get, you get burnt by one like fake hurricane picture of like, oh my God, Statue of Liberty has got swept away in Hurricane Sandy. <laughs> and then, you know, better next time, hopefully. Um, but like, we haven't really had that moment yet for video Yeah, uh, where there's been like clearly fake yes, video. Yes. Yes. I, I'm, I started this conversation worried and unconvinced and now i'm fully convinced it's like going back and telling someone at the during the civil war when photography was in its infancy that like you could manipulate a photo and they'd be what that's insane you could never do that and then you explained to us to someone during in the 1800s what video is they couldn't even conceive of it obviously it would be a crazy idea um so now fast forward and we're saying what you could never manipulate a video oh wait you can okay i guess you can great you totally can and yeah. we need to be ske- yeah. we must be skeptical of that now um fun fact about me is that when i was a little kid uh and you know how like historical black and white footage well first of all it's been black and white mm-hmm. but also because of the frame rate issue uh everybody kind of moves around really janky and really yeah. fast when I was oh, a little no. kid, I thought that's just how people moved totally. in old times. Like I, I legitimately, for probably far too too much longer than I should have. Yeah. I thought people only saw in black and white and moved around really quickly. For well, some yeah, like what was your reasoning there? Why why did you think they did that? And, and what do you think made them change? I never thought about the switch. I just that's all I saw <laughs> of that time. Right. So as far as I was concerned, the historical record showed that that was how people conducted their business right. in, you know, the early 1900s. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think I am, we... but 
We should... <laughs> okay, you can't prove no, it, can you? No, no, you can't. <laughs> the video is not. Um, <laughs> the video is not conclusive. There's a right. wonderful Calvin and Hobbes comic that is a, exactly what you just described, but it's the, it's his dad fooling him that the Calvin comes to his dad and says, "Why, why are all these old pictures in black and white?" And he says, "Well, they're." It was before the world got color, and Calvin's like, "Oh, interesting," and he walks away or whatever. Oh, I've never seen this. It's exactly, exactly what you yeah, described. Yeah. He just has no other ra- reasoning for that phenomenon, and it's just this beautiful moment of this beautiful capturing of a childhood innocence, and also like a dad who just like messes with their kid. <laughs> sure, sure, totally. Uh, that's that was a weird aside, but I figured I, I wanted to get that out there on the record because I've been living with that far too <laughs> yeah, long. Yeah. It's been eating me up inside. Um, uh, not to get too far off topic, but but very similarly, uh, like my dad is a big baseball fan and would always have baseball on. And as a kid, I would just observe baseball on the television and think that baseball players were mute, that they did not, they could not speak <laughs> because they never spoke. They never said words. Yeah. And even when they were like speaking on the field, you couldn't hear them because the camera and the audio sources were super far away. So we had announcers explaining what baseball players were doing and baseball players were just these silent <laughs> people who never spoke. And I was like, I guess they just don't talk. That was my perception of baseball. <laughs> my, for a my, my that would make baseball. the, the, the <laughs> yeah, the who's on first skit would be so short. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also a little bit surprised you got to like baseball players don't speak, but you never got to why do these sports uniforms have belts? <laughs> <laughs> Which is truly the baseball mystery of the ages. Yeah, just make the pants the right size. And right. call it a day. Right. You're in athletic here. You shouldn't be relying on belts to save the day. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so um, here's a here's a deep fakes problem. Maybe not a problem, but but one interesting sort of wrinkle here. Uh, do you get to the point with deep fakes and and maybe maybe this is where sort of augmented reality comes into it or some some kind of glasses? Uh, do you get to the point where we all go and we we go to a movie and we all see a different actor playing the lead, or, or we all see ourselves play, playing the lead in Whoa. the movie? Right. I kind of love that actually. Yeah, it, that's fun. It's already here, and it's called video games. Go go yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm being I'm being a little silly, sure. but like you're describing like a form of media where everyone does their does it their own way and that's a video game and as they become more immersive and we've talked about this on the show we will all be living inside a virtual world where we can do and be whatever we want and that's pretty rad um and and it's connected to this idea that you can manufacture any reality you want in a virtual medium like video or or three-dimensional space uh so i i guess the answer to your question is yes I don't have a problem. Yeah, but with I that. do love the the short to medium term entertainment value of like I'm going to go see Mission Impossible four, but like Tom Cruise is going to have my face. Like I'm into that. I would watch that <laughs> well, movie. At that, at that point, then there is no Tom Cruise, is there? Like the the people who get cast in. We can only hope. <laughs> like the people who, who get sorry who that's get cast in movies are probably like the people whose faces are like easiest to track. I, I don't I don't know I don't what, see a market yeah. I don't see a market for this. You know why? Because tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't have an interest in going and watching a linear movie that has a 
beginning, middle, and end that is already made and scripted, but then just pasting my face onto it. Like then I'm just like watching myself do things I didn't do. That has zero appeal and zero market value in my perhaps ignorant opinion. I do see a let me play the Mission Impossible game where I can do the things and affect the outcome. And maybe it's me or maybe it's like an an awesome version avatar of me that I create. And and that's the thing that I would want to do in some 3D immersive world, but not just kick back and look at my face on an actor. That seems odd. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, I guess it's like an agency question. Well, so, all right. So then let me put this spin on it. What if it's... What if it's a, a what if a movie has has six different faces available and the actors mm-hmm. get paid per however many audience members choose their face, <laughs> right? And so now it's a face off. <laughs> and so now you've got Logan Paul and and PewDiePie both encouraging their <laughs> followers to go to the movies and choose them, right? Go see Mission That's Impossible totally... and choose choose me uh, in the lead. Uh, can I have a third yeah. option? <laughs> I'll vote for a third party candidate. Okay, okay, yes. That is a definite future because we're living in this time where we choose the media. It's not like, oh, there's three movies. Pick the the best one and hope it's good. We get to we choose everything about the media we consume. So imagine if we could place any star in any role in any plot and i would do you one better it's not just choosing the 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 lead actor it's also do you want the movie to be funny do you want the movie to be more action and you mix and match the parts put it in the blender spit it out and you know add a little ai to make sure the movie's good because you're sewing all the parts together and you've got the most kick-ass logan paul action comedy movie (laughs) that a, a robot could imagine and it's actually pretty good because it's 10 years from now and we have the technology yes i think that future is definitely going to happen I just got so sad for movies yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm so Is old. It, well, <laughs> no, sad. but it's, it, I think it's fair. Like movies are a shared experience, so they were when we were getting when we were growing up. And and do they do they not do they become something else? It's, do movies as we know them go away, and and video games as we know them become? Uh, does everything become a video game? I guess. Uh, no, less about video games. It's more about shared experience of. I could watch 400 hours of entertainment and you could watch 400 hours of entertainment and we would have nothing to talk about because entertainment is so fractured and so customized to our own tastes. I think that's that's more important. That's a more important question about the future. And that's something to which deep fakes likely are going to play a role. It's a component of that. And then this idea that if robots can mass produce entertainment more more efficiently and perhaps better than humans, then then we have no, I mean, this is is of automation, uh, but the automation of entertainment and culture, um, perhaps that's another show, but it's, it's connected to this, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about deep fakes in the sort of entertainment sense, but it does open up a lot of possibilities that are interesting to think about. There are films that have been written by AI. Most notably AI. (laughs) (laughs) That would be baller if that was true. Um, There was a film with the the gentleman from Silicon Valley, um, the lead role. I forget, his oh. name is escaping me now. 
um, yeah. who is a who is one of the best improvisers I've ever heard um, on various improv comedy podcasts. He's he, uh, Thomas Middleditch. Yes, he he, he plays this nerdy uh, goofball in Silicon Valley, a fantastic show, and he plays this typed character. But in real life, he is a genius uh, improv improvisational comic, and I highly recommend uh, you guys enjoy his work. But there was some. Um, uh, sci-fi movie written by a robot and then they actually shot it with him and it's this very um like obtuse weird but strangely fascinating sci little sci-fi um short film um and i haven't seen it all but i've seen clips and like it it actually works like it 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 is a film and it works as a film and it, it, it has entertainment value with the right actors in place, I guess. Um, and so I guess I'm saying that as an example of like robots writing movies is already happening. And what does that mean for entertainment in 15 years? That's the, maybe the most scathing movie review I've ever heard though. <laughs> it works as a film and has entertainment value. Says entertainment weekly. <laughs> Go go see Creed two today. <laughs> oh no, it's just so middling. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the beginning, and in the beginning, uh, things are not great, but they are they're working, and they're only going to get better, right? Yeah, presumably so. So, what did we learn today? I learned that deep fakes are maybe not all bad. Yeah. No big. Like I kind of came into the place, this place of like they're gonna kill us all and and cause insider trading, and now I'm at like, oh, that's actually kind of fun. Like they can do some fun stuff with it, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. And that when that insider trading sh those shenanigans happen, we will be alarmed, and then we'll be like, nah, whatever. It was fine. In the same way that the shark, the the hurricane shark, is like, eh, people are dumb. Right. Somewhere along the way, like I, I've just turned 30, but I think I also mentally just turned like 75 <laughs> because like every, every new technology we talk about, my immediate reaction is like, this is going to kill us. <laughs> this is going to be awful. Well, oh, this God. Uh, well, maybe that's this, just like this one, being a tech journalist and being critical, but I don't know. This one still could in the short term, right? Like this one, sure. kills. like the, yeah, the dangers are really high. Like that, that somebody just makes, makes a video of, of just a world leader, like insulting Trump, right? And that that right there has can have really bad effects, and and so there are short term dangers. It yeah, could, but there's short term dangers in every in almost everything that we kind of figure out and then get past, you know. Yeah, but there's nothing that we rely on as much as video to mm -hmm. right. Like there's there's the short term dangers are still high. You're not you're not seventy yet, Fitz. Thank you. I appreciate that. My cardiologist says otherwise. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm mentioning this so late in the show, but it just I was just thought of it and was reminded of it. The publication that Evan's significant other and our good friend uh, works for, which is Vice, produced a video that I, that we oh, covered yeah. on our other podcast, and it's about um, two women who get plastic surgery or procedures uh, to their face based on um, their own selfies. So they're taking very flattering selfies of themselves and using filters. Oh. And then they went ahead and modified their actual face based on that. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I'll put a pause there because that is that is fascinating and worrisome full stop. But 
the the kicker here as it relates to to to, to deep fakes is that there's a apparently a very popular app with the kids called Facetune. T- tell me if you guys have heard of it because I had not before we recorded yes. the show. You uh, have, yes, I have. Yes, I I first heard of it when I saw that piece that you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, I and, certainly don't use uh, it. Yeah, and, and so on your on your Bumble profile, <laughs> <laughs> taking you know filtering your face and taking flattering angles of photographs is is one thing, and I think we've come to accept it and. It's sort of human nature to do things like that. But Facetune actually is Photoshop in the palm of your hand. It's the Photoshop in your app where you can not only like remove a wrinkle or whatever, but you can ch- literally change the shape of the f- of the photograph, of the face in the photograph mm-hmm. and give yourself a different nose and essentially give yourself plastic surgery in your selfie and then present that to the world. And, and that was... It feels like a line has been crossed in sort of self-documentation and 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 honesty in the way we present ourselves. And then, you know, we talked about this a little bit on on our other show. Like middle schoolers have this app, and that's probably the lion's share of this app's users, I would guess. And so now you have a company that's not like, hmm. hey, share your fun photos and put a filter on it. This is literally a company that's, hey, middle schoolers, change how you're, you know, you know how bad you feel about your self-esteem. Now you can modify your face so yeah. that you feel better about yourself. And and they just got like millions and millions more dollars in investment to to make this app. And that is a very worrisome thing that i just learned about what do you guys think about that yeah i mean i i don't know um i think it's you know like you alluded to like it's one thing to take flattering photos of what exists but it's you know a a whole different thing to sort of edit your own image for the world um you know i do think a little bit of like people who maybe have like deformities or you know skin issues or stuff like that 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 you know might help them be more confident and comfortable with like presenting themselves into the digital world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so maybe there's like some goodness there. Um, But overall, like it just does feel a little bit on the icky side to me for sure. I mean, I, I, the concerns I think are obvious and I think we all share them. Here's the, here's the silver lining to this one. And it's weird that I'm, that I'm the optimist today. (laughs) The the, the problem with this and, and and it's a problem that, that is related to deep fakes and, and so much of the other things we discuss here digital literacy or media literacy like like we don't we, we need to i think we need to drop the digital or drop the media from this and just understand mm-hmm. that that this is an aspect of literacy that we live in a mediated world we live we, our social interactions are mediated our our it, it, it permeates so much of what we do that that right now we don't or at least we didn't when i was growing up we didn't really teach media literacy in schools mm-hmm. and the, obviously that's that's not this isn't something that's being operated by the schools, but it is sort of filling a little bit of a of a gap here. The selfies are probably the first sort of uh, like like at the entry level media that we manipulate, or prob- probably is now. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And so to to have this, I mean, if the first piece of media that you learn to use is also the first one that you learn to manipulate, and you see how easy it is, maybe this is how we get through that first generation of deep fakes. Maybe, wow. right? Like, like if you if you know how easy this is to do, if you can do it yourself and you've done it yourself, maybe that's the silver lining here. That's profound. Perhaps yeah. kids are more tuned to this than we realize because they're so 
they're they're in there. They're using these yeah. apps on themselves. Therefore, they can they can sniff out the fishy photos uh, of their peers at uh, least. Actually, actually, that that is true. Because I, I can tell you, I went from never knowing about this app's existence uh, to to learning that uh, a lot of people I know can spot it. The, the my my partner who made that that piece you're referencing. Uh, she was going through her Instagram and showing me like, oh yeah, that one's Facetuned, that one's Facetuned, wow. and I I had huh. no idea. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And we're not talking about uh, teens here. We're talking about people our age who are yeah. doing it. I assume. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's Old, older actually. Uh, Much older. Yeah. I hope she's listening. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that one. Uh, I really try not to be the the 70 year old man as alex said but this one really bothers me i don't know why yeah i get it totally get it yeah but but i like the silver i, I like your you're, silver silver lining a lot and you won't be complaining when you're face tuning your selfies when you're when you're a 70 year old man who looks 30 <laughs> <laughs> you, this you, is great. I'd, I'd like to hear you complain then <laughs> well i think we found the silver lining in all of these things, which means we solved it, guys. <laughs> yes. We did it again. We're getting good yes. at this. I think that, that we're like 12 and zero, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Go up. <laughs> For sure. For sure. First team in the NFC East or whatever. I don't know. I don't understand how football works. <laughs> we are going to hit the road. But before we do, we certainly want to encourage uh, anyone out there who's listening to talk to us, share your concerns about the future of audiovisual media. We didn't even talk about audio fakes. There's a, there's a, there are a few tools out there where you can like talk into a microphone and then it can synthesize your voice and, and, and give you a bot voice that sounds reasonably like your own voice and so we'll, i'm doing the next show is darth vader and there's nothing you can do <laughs> yeah, to stop yeah, let's, me. let's do that i'll, I'll cool. get that in post um <laughs> but we would like to hear your thoughts and concerns about this um most of us are on twitter i am definitely there evan i i follow you oh yeah i'm a big tweeter alex i don't I haven't seen you on Twitter, Alex. Uh, I don't. I just I don't learned about Twitter so I can follow Azulia Banks. Okay, <laughs> uh, so there's that. Okay, okay, cool. And I'm at Alex James Fitz. Okay. I have bad news for you, sir. What's that? Oh, is, is Azalea Banks still on Twitter? I thought she got kicked off. Oh, I have no uh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she got kicked off. I should I should have uh, I should have fact checked my joke. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I get. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, Evan, you are at Evan Engel. I presume. That's correct. E-N-G-E-L. And I am at Matt underscore Silverman. Uh, tweet at us. Uh, let us know if you're enjoying the show, if there are topics you would like us to cover in the future on The Future Will Not Be Podcast. We'll see you next time. Yesterday.